You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt McGacky, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians, talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Sarp Kesky of Bipolar Architecture. There's this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Welcome back to Fly on the Call. Today the show hits the big 5-0 and the first episode of its second year of existence. Especially after last week's network announcement. Check out SoundTalentMedia.com for all the deets if you missed it. I'm so excited for what's to come. To help celebrate the milestone, today's guest is Elise of Ocean Eater. We talk about her label, Plastic Miracles, 90s merch bundles, finding the silver lining, and more. Her new album, Things I Never Said, is out now in a wonderful mix of heavy grunge, power pop, and everything in between. Get stoked on it. I know earlier this year you started uh, the Plastic Miracles label, um, which I kind of read has been, you know, something you've been planning for a while, but the Bandcamp days were something that really pushed you to, you know, fully launch it um, with like the charity comps that you've been planning. Um, I'm just curious what that kind of like last minute stretch was like for you before you officially launched and, you know, how things have been going for the label so far. Um, yeah, the last the last minute was was pretty stressful um <laughs> uh, i sent everyone i had given everybody who was going to contribute like a, a rough deadline of when i wanted to have things in and then like n- 10 days before that i moved it up like <laughs> a couple weeks um so we could do it for the band camp for a band camp day and everyone got their stuff in which was pretty amazing of them and it's all very very cool um so that was rad how that just kind of it kind of came together and then since then it's been going pretty well i've I've learned a lot of new stuff like just kind of all the back end kind of stuff you gotta gotta do Mm -hmm. um so that's been cool and like learning about more about distribution and and all that stuff um Mm -hmm. but yeah it's been it's been cool and it's about to like ramp up more i have um I think four records we're trying to put out in the fall. Um, awesome. Yeah. So that's, those are all, those are all going to be hopefully announced within the next couple of months. So we're working on getting like all the dates and everything together mm-hmm. for that stuff. So it's been cool. It's been really good to have a, have a project. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And I mean, what was it kind of like the transition period between like launching the label and then, you know, launching the album? Um. <clears throat> Well, I knew, I think I knew before the the label launched that, that the record was coming out um, and that it was going to be coming out on Plastic Miracles. I think, I think we figured that out like in April. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the, the thing, the good thing about with the record is I have like a, a really good team, um, 
like management and press wise who are working on this with me. So that took some of the work and stress out of having to, to launch that and a label at the same time. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been weird, but um, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah. I mean, I know the album was, you know, recorded all the way back in like 2018 and, you know, there's been you know, various holdups and stuff before you decided to, you know, take it into your hands for the self-release. Um, what kind of like went into that decision and how did the uh, the partnership with Big Scary Monsters end up coming about? Oh, that was cool. They they emailed Bob, who's my manager, and were like, oh, are you working with Elise? And he was like, yeah. And they were like, can we hear the record? <laughs> so he sent it to them. And then they were like, we love it. Do you want to work together? And then like a week later, <laughs> we announced. Um so yeah, I don't know. They I guess they heard it and they liked it, which was awesome. And I I have been a big fan of them for a long time, so I was just like uh over the moon as they say. <laughs> um I was I was super excited. I'm really I'm really glad to be working with them. For sure. Yeah, and I mean um one of the things that kind of like stood out when that when you first announced the album was all the the pre-order packages that you had. Um how did you kind of like go about, you know, getting all the merch together and even getting like the ideas for some of that stuff? Uh, yeah, the postcards was, was my friend Gretchen's idea, um, which uh, she said that, and I was like, oh yeah, postcards. And for some reason that, that kind of, I already had like a shirt idea, obviously. And I wanted, to, I mean, you always do shirts and uh, <laughs> I wanted to do the tank tops because um, I personally like tank tops. And then she said the postcards. And then I was thinking about like, well at oceanators beachy or whatever so i just koozies kind of came along and then i was like oh i could make a beach bundle and blah blah and then i don't know what i i think the pogs and the tattoos i was just kind of thinking about like what other the pogs specifically specifically i was like what other things can i do that's like not that's just something fun and different and i i think it's I might have, I have one pog in my apartment and the rest of them are at my dad's house, but I have this one Mighty Morphin Power Rangers pog that I don't know, like, I think I just pick it up and move it sometimes because I'm like, oh, it shouldn't be here. So I just see it all the time (laughs) in just different parts of my apartment. So I think that I just had pogs on the brain. And then the tattoos, I was thinking like, well, what other, this is kind of 90s music. So like, what other stuff was fun in the 90s? And I thought about doing like slap bracelets and stuff too, but <laughs> <laughs> once I got the temporary tattoos, I was like, okay, this, this is enough. I can stop here. <laughs> I feel like a, a big, like full-size beachy, like sun hat would be the perfect merch too. <laughs> I know it would be so cool. I wanted to do like a towel too, but that was super expensive to get like custom towels made. So yeah, for sure. I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, like I said, or like we mentioned earlier, like the, the record was recorded in 2018 and um, I feel like it has, uh, you know, kind of taken on a much different uh, meaning probably in 2020. I'm curious how you're kind of like feeling about the content and, you know, the way it's kind of changed since it's been recorded. Yeah. It's kind of, it's weird. Um, it's weird to think about, and to and to listen when i when i listen occasionally about to how much it could have been written a lot of it like last month um like a crack in the world and and i would find you specifically and those were the two i had i picked these singles out like a year ago you know so like i it, i those were the two that i, I had 
everything was in the order that it came out in. I wanted to do a crack in the world and then um, I would find you. And then Heartbeat, which uh, just came out today, actually, as we're talking. Um, and that was the plan. So it was really, it's weird that they are so relevant to write this moment. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It feels weird. <laughs> uh, I'm curious, like, what kind of, what was, like, your mental state while you're writing the record versus, like, how it is now? Mm, I guess while I was writing it, it's, 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 it's a little bit similar. I think while I was writing it, I was coming out of a very dark period and trying to be more optimistic and going into a, a slightly more hopeful place. Mm-hmm. And then last year was um, pretty down again. And so now I'm, I mean, apart from general pandemic, et cetera, depression and, and everything else, um, I'm, I'm more overall like the, the clinical depression part of it is, is in a better place right now. Mm-hmm. So I feel similarly to one, I wrote it, um, which is kind of nice that it like came around full circle. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, especially with, you know, the fact that, I mean, aside from, you know, being in a better place mentally, like the the fact that you're kind of like feeling more similarly to how you were when you wrote the album, you know, that probably, you know, helps you, you know, want to promote it more and like, you know, be able to like connect with it in a different way for sure too. For, yeah, definitely. It's like, it, I don't feel detached from it even though it's, um, it was written a couple of years ago. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned like that you re- that heartbeat came out today and, you know, that's kind of one of the more upbeat songs on the album, kind of like a sickly sweet love song in a way. And, you know, I feel like it, the way I view it, it kind of like kicks off that like middle third of the album with like heartbeat, I'd find you and walk with you where, you know, the sounds get a little bit, you know, kind of less grungy and even more like diverse than um, the previous stuff in the album. Um, what can you tell me about like Heartbeat and kind of about, you know, the sequencing of the album in general? Yeah. Um, well, Heartbeat is, is very, it's, it's pretty much a pop punk sort of like early pop punk sort of power pop sort of song um, with a big guitar lead. And, a, you know, it's got your, it's basically like riff verse chorus riff verse chorus bridge <laughs> <laughs> chorus it's basically that but or bridge outro um but i put i tried to put like a couple other weird things like the second verse is longer and it has um like a like a uh, i'm losing the word i want but it has like a hint of the outro there's like that one mm-hmm. section in verse two um so yeah, I don't know. It's it, but it, other than that, it's pretty much just like straight up, straight up power pop rock song, um, and it's super fun to play. It's, it's I think it's like the fastest one that we usually that we do live these days. Um, and we we played it on the last tour and stuff, which was really fun. Um, and yeah, the the sequencing. Um, I was thinking like, yeah. So it splits the album is side A is. Uh, five songs heartbeats the last one on there so i was thinking like in come in with this big 90s grunge and you get it and then we transition kind of into like 
a little grungier, more kind of rocky, but like coming out of the straight forwards. We hit heartbeat, and that's like, okay, the, here we are at the peak of our rock, and then we like wander into this other weird little world with I would find you and walk with you and then um the sky is falling is kind of like a it's definitely rock again but it's still like feels thematically like it's in the world of I would find you I would say mm-hmm. and then sunshine being at the end was kind of like okay we just made it on this big journey and there was a lot of terrible stuff in there and everything's going to be fine and uh yeah <laughs> that's that was the that was the thought behind sequencing for sure yeah i mean you mentioned the sky is falling which i mean i feel like that almost kind of like the stylistically almost like borders on like prog rock just with like a different guitar tone <laughs> oh <curious>. yeah <laughs> how, how did that one kind of like come together that one um it's one of the older ones too it's uh it's um i got the i'm trying to, i can't remember what i played the that riff that the guitar does and that that's the melody basically i forget what i played it on first but i was like oh this riff is awesome (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so i just built it around that basically um and was kind of thinking of it like just i i've told this story before but but sound wise um i kind of just told my brother like that I wanted the guitar to sound like it was like kind of crumbling <laughs> and like falling apart. And he's, he's very, he does um, the sound and he's the sound engineer for most of my stuff. Um, he only did a couple of the songs on this record though. We also did some at Wonder Park and then he mixed everything. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I just got so excited thinking about that song. I think I lost my, <laughs> my train of thought, no but yeah, it mostly came out of that that melody I just really liked it and I that's what I made it the whole song kind of just about that melody and yeah I mean and Oceanator is like technically a solo project which I mean I've seen you talk about before about how it kind of like gives you the flexibility to like when you're recording kind of pick the musicians that you work with uh, kind of like based on whose style will fit the tracks Um, I'm curious to hear a little bit more about that kind of like process of collaboration yeah um Basically, so I, for this record, um, there's five songs that we did at Wonder Park Studios in Brooklyn, which is um, run by Eva Lawitz and Chris Krasnow. And Eva plays bass on those five songs as well. Um, and basically, so for those songs that I knew Eva was, once I like finished the demos and stuff, for the songs I knew Eva was going to be playing bass on, usually what I do is just have like a general idea of what I want it to be like. And then there's specific things like in Hideaway, that weird bass line in the verse that's like, do, 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 or whatever it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I like saying, I think I sent like a garage band of that to them. I was like, I want this to be the bass line for that part. And they were like, wait, really? And I was like, yes. <laughs> whatever. And then when they, when we played it, they were like, oh, okay. But like the rest of the song, I just kind of, I just let Eva do whatever, because I know that whatever they do is going to be awesome. And then, you know, we have a, we have a, like, not very many. I think we had like, one full rehearsal before we recorded those five songs because um and everyone i kind of send everyone the demo and 
give them like notes of what I'm thinking and then kind of let them do their own thing. And then during the rehearsal, we, if there's something that I like doesn't really fit with what I was thinking, then we will talk about it. Or if there's something very specific that I want them to do, I'll show them that. (laughs) But I, I like, I mean, the reason that I asked Eva and and Andrew who plays drums on uh, four of the tracks and then Aaron who plays drums on heartbeat to play is because I like the way that they play. <laughs> so I don't want to like um, say too much to lead them. And I don't want to like, you know, if I, if I, if otherwise I would just do it myself, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, um, which I do for some of the songs, like um, um, I would find you, I knew exactly how I wanted every part of it to go. Um, my brother played the drums on that one, but I, I played everything else because I knew I like I had it all already a hundred percent exactly how I wanted it. So I was like, there's no point in showing someone else this baseline that is exactly how I want it. I'll just do it. <laughs> I know over like the last year or so, you've kind of like showed up the, the live lineup and I'm curious how that kind of like, how the, you know, lack of like specifics in the recording, you know, how that kind of like uh, translates to the live show. Yeah, so well, Andrew, who who plays on the recording on on four of the songs on drums, is is one of the people who's now playing with me most of the time live as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, the a lot of those songs we had played a few times together before we even went into record them. So he did have a, a little more time with them um, mm-hmm. to kind of you know for us to all figure out what we want to do, um, but. Yeah, and then Tony, who's playing bass now, just has a great ear. Um, so they learned all the songs mostly on their own, just from listening. And then um, I had said, like, you know, we're going to be playing as a three-piece, so there's a lot of sections that um, the guitar won't have a rhythm guitar behind it because I'll be playing lead. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we, we need to figure out how to keep that energy there. And, and they just kind of um they get it you know (laughs) like so like when i would drop out to do a lead they would they would maybe play chords or just figure out like go lower an octave or whatever they need to do to make the song still feel really full so i think the three of us i think um i don't want this to sound like i'm saying other incarnations were bad because i don't think so i think everyone i've played with has been awesome and i've played with a lot of people and the band has sounded really great with all of them but something about the three of us i think working together like we all just kind of we we get it and gel mm-hmm. without talking about it at all which i think is what you know you strive for in, in your in a band um <laughs> for sure so yeah i don't know they they kind of they kind of brought their energy to the table and now and we all get along really well and it's it's a good it's a good lineup nice yeah that's awesome to hear and um i'm curious i'm guessing in the two years since the album's been recorded you've you know kind of been you know starting to at least work on some other stuff i'm curious if uh like is does it seem to be going in a more like a traditional band direction rather than you know being a solo project no um (laughs) i've been writing a bunch of stuff and I think for the next one, it's shaping up to be that I'm actually just gonna just gonna play everything myself this time. <laughs> so go in the opposite way, weirdly. But um, you know, I I the stuff that is finished so far is all stuff that is like 
very 100% finished. So <laughs> I'll probably, depending on if I want to, sometimes, uh, sometimes I like playing, recording with other people so we can play it all together and have it that kind of have that live feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll probably do this one how I did, like I would find you and um, January 21st, which is just like an instrument at a time mm-hmm. um, and build it up. Uh, but I, ideally they'll be the ones that will be playing on tour when that someday <laughs> happens. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I know that uh, for the release show, you're planning on, you know, trying to be all in the same room. How's, how's that kind of shaping up? It's looking good so far. Um, they are, our plan is that they, we're all going to get tested. Hopefully. I mean, I know testing results were like two weeks. Mine took two weeks the last time. I'm just hoping it gets better, <laughs> but, um, and then we're going to go down to Maryland and they want to camp in the backyard, um, to be extra safe. So that's fine. Uh, they're bringing their own tents and stuff. And, and then when we're together, we're just going to be masked and keeping distance. And, you know, when I, I'm, we're going to try to set the stage up so that since I can't wear a mask to sing, I'll be like far away from them. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we're, I mean, we're all, we've all been mostly like, other than, you know, when you got to go to the grocery store and stuff or yeah. mostly, or like safe, safely sitting far from your friends in the park or whatever. <laughs> um, we're all being really careful anyway. So I think, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to work out, but we're going to, we don't want to say a hundred percent until we're there, you know, cause who knows what's going to happen with yeah, COVID. For, for so. sure. <laughs> and I mean, we've kind of been talking about like the community that you've been building with musicians around your own work. Um, and it, it feels like that's kind of present in all aspects of like your project, you know, from, you know, the art, the, the charities that you work with for the plastic miracles label and, you know, some of the other plans that I've heard that you've had for the label, especially as far as like, you know, or uh, events and stuff. I'm curious where that kind of like drive for community comes from and, you know, kind of just a little bit more about that community building effort that you have. Yeah, I guess like I, I grew up going to punk shows and that was always a thing. You know, you go to the punk show and there'd be people tabling at it and people would be talking about stuff and they'd be giving you information about places to donate or volunteer or whatever. Um, so that's just always kind of gone hand in hand for me, um, music scene wise. Hmm. Um, and so then when I was starting the label, I kind of, I, I wanted it to be something that I could that would not just be like I don't know I wanted it I wanted it to involve a lot of people in a way that felt comfortable for everyone and kind of helped build stuff and just kind of gave back something I guess um I I don't I don't know it's just kind of it I didn't specifically think to do it, I guess. It just, that's how I think to do things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Um, and I mean, it, it seems like it definitely, like the, the intention with it is to, you know, benefit as many people as possible rather than profit off them. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, I mean, unless something super wild happens, like I don't think that label is going to make any money like, mm-hmm. like prop, like 
it's going to make some money to put back into itself is, is my goal. I'm hoping that at soon it'll be, it'll pay for itself. So I, it's not like something that I'm like putting my own money into every time. Cause like, that's definitely not going to be sustainable for me, mm-hmm. but um, that's like, that's as much money as I plan on it making as enough for it to keep putting out stuff and being able to put out other people's um, tapes and hopefully more vinyl um, as it grows. But uh, yeah, it's, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think it's ever going to be like my job, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, as far as like, you mentioned earlier, kind of like you've been learning so much about, you know, the back end and stuff like that. How, um, can you tell me a little bit more about like that discovery process for you? Yeah, it's, it's just, it's a lot of talking to friends who have started labels or, um, uh, yeah, like I've talked to Josh from Self-Aware and Namdi um, over at, well, everyone knows Namdi, but over at Super <laughs> and uh, and folks like that. Lamo Records like just sent me an email. A couple of other people just like reached out and were like, hey, like saw you started a label. That's awesome. If you have questions, just feel free to hit us up. And uh, so, yeah, a lot of people will actually from, from Tiny Engines. I texted him when I was like first putting my first things up on like on this, trying to do the spotify distribution and stuff and he like talked me through that so (laughs) um people have been super super nice and super helpful so it's just kind of been a lot of leaning on other folks and um it's cool there's this whole this whole label community um out there i'm sure i've forgotten a ton of people because i've talked to a lot of a lot of very awesome people and just finding so many other small labels and just kind of watching what they do and seeing what they do on twitter and tweeting at each other things you know it's just it's been it's been fun and that's how I've learned a lot of this stuff is just by doing and watching and listening and asking <laughs> that's awesome yeah I mean um just kind of generally talking about this kind of jogged my memory I was on another podcast recently talking about um uh, a punk record from like the 70s and I was you know kind of in researching it you know um was it punk lotto pod yeah yeah <laughs> nice oh yeah i forgot you were on there too yeah <laughs> um but yeah i mean it was just like really interesting when i was like researching it about the um the like the differences in the music industry back then like i feel like punk you like when you think of it you think of it being like diy but a lot of that like early punk stuff was released on like these bigger labels and it yeah. was kind of like such a commercial thing starting out i don't know i just think it's really interesting that like how you know, it's kind of come full circle, or not full circle, but it's like the the DIY aspect is what's been doubled down upon. Totally, I know. Like, I know Lookout Records didn't didn't end up that great, but I I was always into Lookout as a kid. And that was one of like my models. Um, and I I remember when when Green Day moved to I just can't not talk about Green Day. Apparently, <laughs> when Green Day moved to Warner Brothers, they like made a big deal about keeping their first two records on Lookout for. Uh, until lookout started missing payments to like all the bands i don't know if you if you know anything about them but um i I, when i i read recently uh the book um that larry livermore put out called how to ruin a record label (laughs) um and the eyes in parentheses because it's like how to run a record label but ruin it Uh, Um, (laughs) but that's yeah that's about lookout records and and it was it was cool to read that and just see like it started up very much a similar way all these other small labels have started up where it's like kind of wanted to do it saw these cool bands like thought 
had their own band and were like, oh, I, I want to put out my record. I want to put out my friend's record. And then it just grows from there. So yeah, I think that's cool that there's so many people doing that now um, just for the love of it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and it, I mean, you mentioned Green Day being someone that you can't kind of like <laughs> not bring up. Um, yeah. I feel like the, the the kind of fuzzed out grungy power pop sound of Oceanator isn't something I can necessarily like draw a direct comparison to another band. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious how you kind of like initially, you know, went about finding your style and what some of like the influences that you draw from are. Yeah, I think the finding the style thing just came from playing and writing a lot. Um, it, it wasn't, it, it wasn't like deliberate, like I'm going to find this style that's, that's different in my own. It just kind of happened after just doing this for, since I was, I think I wrote my first song when I was like nine or 10. So I've been writing for a long time and kind of, you know, focusing in as I go on like the things that I like um the most um but i listened to obviously green day (laughs) growing up a ton um i really love elliot smith uh i listened to a lot of david bazan and pedro the lion and wolf parade and uh the distillers i I, was huge for me for a while there um and then like classic i liked I i mean i loved the beatles a lot and um a lot of soul stuff a lot of 60s soul curtis mayfield and Otis Redding and all those all those guys that my my dad used to play. Oh, yeah. I've I've been on a huge Otis Redding kick lately. <laughs> oh, so good, so good. Um, but yeah, all that stuff. Listen to a bunch of funk for a while and like. Um, but I'd say the the biggest influences has just been '90s rock was what I started listening to when I, or what I was listening to when I first started playing guitar. So like all of those bands kind of even if they weren't ones that I actively listened to outside of the radio or whatever, they kind of worked their way in there. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'd say that's, that's, those are some big influences. Um, I'm probably forgetting a million. David. <laughs> <laughs> that's all good. Um, I, I mean, you mentioned earlier how the kind of the record kind of ends with, with sunshine with kind of a more, you know, a more hopeful message in a way. And I feel like the the pairing with the skies falling and sunshine is something that I found really interesting. And I, I feel like there's kind of a similar flip of the script in A Crack in the World where it kind of starts with like these bleak lyrics. And then near the end, you know, even though instrumentally it gets more dark and grungy, it kind of has like that more positive message. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, I just... um I, so it's something I've also been working on just in general, like even when things are, are feeling terrible and negative and awful, just kind of trying to stay positive. <laughs> I mean, it sounds silly, I guess, but like, um, yeah, just trying to stay positive and, and look at what things are good, you know, like um, here's all these terrible things and here's one nice thing that I remember and let's focus on that nice thing for now until can kind of build up some more nice things or get out of this horrible rut um so I guess that's how that's how that kind of came about um just kind of like trying not to trying not to sink too far into despair yeah and I'm curious has there been you know something 
was it like a practice that led to you putting that into the music or was it kind of like the music, the, the, um, like the sort of reason that you were starting to be able to do that? Um, like the music itself or. Yeah. I mean like the music, like as an outlet, did it kind of like help you oh, start oh. to get into that mindset? Mm, no. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, it's always, music has always been the thing I go to in all moods, um, you know? Uh, so I guess in a broad sense, yes, but in a more exact literal sense, not, no, I, um, you know, just kind of trying to do more, just looking at, uh, just thinking more about psychological stuff and, and exercise like cognitive behavioral exercises and mm-hmm. then later like going to therapy and stuff is and but just like you know all that sort of for sure and yeah it definitely makes sense that that would then kind of like bleed into the the subject matter of the music for sure yeah <laughs> and also in 2018 like a a pretty big thing that had been it's a huge terrible part of my life for many many years i separated from um somewhat so that kind of helped see things a little more clearly and more positively for sure Um, Uh, yeah (laughs) and I mean I I don't really necessarily have like a a specific question about it but it it seems like you're doing some really cool stuff over on Patreon and um, I'd love to hear more about it and kind of just give you the chance to like pitch it to to new listeners (laughs) (laughs) sure yeah I have uh, I started the Patreon I'd been meeting I you know people have been doing them and I thought it seemed cool and I was plan to do one anyway and then I made it in March because all every job I had both musically and non-musically was canceled um and I was like well I guess it's a good time to start this Patreon both for money reasons but also because I have some time on my hands now um so basically what I what I'm trying to do with it I have like a a little podcast that I started of my own called Stoke to Announce um (laughs) that's all just patreon and it's only two episodes so far but um, i'm working on it and putting up old like demos or songs that i've recorded there's a couple songs i put up there that i've recorded in like 2014 and i really like them but they haven't fit with any of the records i've put out the eps or or this new record so they just kind of keep hanging around so i put up some kind of unmixed demo versions of those because i like them and I want people to hear them. I just don't think they they fit um, on any of the releases yet. And then um, I have a new, like a brand new song that I'm going to put up there probably next month. Um, but once I get some time to demo it, but it's pretty much there. And just kind of some covers or just whatever, mostly music stuff right now, stuff that I feel like sharing. And at Patreon, people get first listen of anything that's going to come out and uh i always say please don't spill the beans and it seems like no one spilled the beans yet which is cool (laughs) for (laughs) sure yeah so yeah i don't know i I might do some i might do some uh, if i can finish up some of the short stories i've been kind of kicking around i might put those up just kind of doing whatever Awesome. And that, that sounds like it uh, really harkens back to, you know, the whole community that we've been talking about, you know, kind of throughout the episode. Like, it, it makes a lot of sense that, you know, that's kind of been a, a good platform for you. 
Yeah, I, I really like it. And I like that people can kind of interact with stuff and uh, put up polls sometimes to see, you know, what, what people are thinking about. And uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's fun. Um, I'm, I'm stoked to, to do some more with it as, uh, as the album cycle winds down and I have a little more time to, to put, so maybe do something weird over there. You know, <laughs> maybe we all watch Netflix together one day, <laughs> you know. That, that is not a reward I've heard before. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I, we could all watch that Sam Cooke documentary or something <laughs> on the Netflix party. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> awesome yeah and i mean i, I always kind of like to wrap up by you know asking for either like a piece of advice or something you've been thinking about you know whether it's music or you know life in general or obviously the the current circumstances kind of whatever's been on your mind that you kind of want to get out there yeah i guess it's gonna sound so stupid and kind of cliche but something i've been thinking out a lot thinking about a lot especially today because i'm having a, a pretty bad day to be honest um just brain wise um i've been thinking about this is still the one our one life so even on the bad days try and make the most of it um i know that's everyone says that but i think it's easy to say and much much harder to do um (laughs) so that's my advice is I'm terrible at it and I'm working on it, but on days that I can manage it, it's definitely helpful. Yeah. It's definitely one of those things that it doesn't hurt to hear over and over again. Yeah. (laughs) Every time I hear it, it's helpful to me too. Or even if I see like, you know, when you're scrolling through and someone's like, here's a reminder tweet to unclench your jaw or whatever, like those things. I love that. So I feel like repetitive hearing good things repeatedly is I'll get it into your brain, hopefully. And there you go. You just got schooled on all things Oceanator. Elise has so many cool projects going on that there's surely something for you in there, so be sure to check them all out. And seriously, the music is sick, so things I never said should be at the top of that list. Lots of sweet bundles are selling out, so get on it ASAP. A special thank you as always to Sound Talent Media and The Alternative for helping to promote the show, Kaylin West of Tiny Stills for the theme song, I'm Nikayla Jane Palermo for the artwork. You can keep up to date by subscribing to the podcast and following the show on Twitter and Instagram at FlyOnTheCallPod. Feel free to email any questions, comments, or other feedback to me at FlyOnTheCallPod at gmail.com. See you next week. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you'd cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effing Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. <laughs>